Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Baywatch Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Span, and this is episode number 17 of the Baywatch Podcast. And I'm here joined by my lovely wife, Mrs. Span. Say what's up to the people, baby. Hey. Man, that is fucking... <laughs> my throat is like... <clears throat> you okay? You sure? Are we going to make it through this? I think so. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> Actually... It's kind of the reason why we hadn't been, like, doing this for a while. You haven't really been feeling good, baby. Yeah, I pretty much have really... <laughs> I have realized that I had the flu because I'm realizing all the symptoms that I had, like the body soreness and stomach upset and, you know, then, like, regular cold, sinus, mm-hmm. fever... Remember I told you like come if I do I feel hot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you was like, Oh yeah, you feel <laughs> you steamy. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty much getting over the flu and it's 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 kicking my ass. Not only that, man, like it's warm outside, it's the summertime. Like that, I mean, I don't care because I'm an indoor animal. I, I mostly I get that. <laughs> am in the in the air condition, so I get that, but I'm I'm saying like I'm in close proximity to you. So like Oh. So like, um, when you're sick, there's that there's that off chance that I may get sick also, and like having to be outside, like you, you know, like having to be outside, like say having a cold in the summertime mm. is a fucking worst. You know what I'm saying? But I'm glad you feel well or better at least because we haven't had a chance to do this. Yeah, we're like two episodes behind, and 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 episode what this next episode is coming up i wonder if they're coming up like really close to the finale or some shit yeah this next ep- next episode is the second to last episode i believe. Oh, see the penultimate episode but uh yeah man we have been gone for a minute and uh we're gonna be recapping uh the last two episodes of love after lockup as we said we would do um but we're gonna do things a little bit different though we're not gonna do the blow by blow we just going to kind of give like the overall synopsis as to uh, what's been happening with each of the couples. Some of the highlights that we thought we wanted to uh, talk about pretty much. And uh, I'm going to let you start off with which couple you want us to go with first, babe. Um, a Brittany and Marcelino. Okay. Brittany <laughs> and Marcelino. <laughs> so, um... At, at, if, you, if you've been paying attention to the show, of course you guys know Brittany and Marcelino uh, have been dealing with quite a bit. Like, Brittany has a friend that's going to, like, jail. Uh, I, I think our friend Sasha is going to jail for a little bit. Well, not a little bit. She got some years, like damn near a decade. Yeah. Uh, and, well, uh, she'll be eligible for parole, I think, like I said, 2025. Yeah, but you know, eligible for parole don't mean your ass getting out. You know, well, what I'm no, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so she's dealing with that, and also they are, you know, they're they're going through this thing where they want to like have some official custody of Brittany's son, uh, Giovanni. Um, but one of the first things that kind of like one of the first things I kind of wanted to talk about with Brittany and Marcelino was the fact that Brittany wanted to name Sasha. Uh, the godmother, the godmother of uh, their new daughter. Yeah. And Marcelino seems to be quite resistant to that idea, uh, because you know he's you know uh, Sasha's getting ready to be locked up and shit. So he's like, "Yo, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> she's not right. gonna be here. Who's who's gonna take care of the kid if something should happen to us?" Yeah. And um, which is you know, the thing with that was like I was actually kind of well, I shouldn't have been surprised though, but like when it comes to godparents, like. 
Marcelino really does have this really, really traditional view of what a godparent is. Uh, where it's like, you know, should something ever happen to the parents of this child, this godparent is charged with taking care of this kid if they pass on or whatever else. And I know a lot of folks, when they when they decide they're going to have a godparent, it's usually about, yo, what can they get my kid for their birthday? What can they get my kid for Christmas? Like, this, these are some of the rationales I've heard for, like, oh. selecting godparents. Like, yo, so... Yeah. I always just thought it was, like, your best friend. It it typically is, but, like, it typically is. But it's, it's been weird, like... Over the years, man, I've been noticing like a lot of times when they when when folks are deciding who they can get for godparents, the first thing they're thinking about is, well, who can get my kid this for their birthday and on Christmas? I've never heard this. Wow. I've never heard that. I've before. heard this. That's, that's why I was like, oh, okay, he got the traditional I've view of godparent heard, here. I've only heard people like they have trouble because like you know people who have like a big group of friends or mm-hmm. have like more than one best friend or whatever. Mm-hmm then it's like, you know, you pick your, you pick the godparent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then other people are upset because, like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> that's, you know, it's like the fancy title, but I never, I never knew it was like, yeah, that. that's how, that's how, I've, uh, that, well, <laughs> I've seen this happen quite a few times where the discussion around who gets to be the godparent is who can get our baby what when. I mean, I've seen people... Was that like on a TV show or something? I don't know where they're like, um, like who would, who do we want? I've seen women be like, who do, who would I want my daughter to be like mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, never have I heard this, like yeah. who can get what? Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, most likely, if you have a kid, the godparent, well, maybe the godparent is who gets the kid. Something happens to you. I guess if you don't, like, if I had a baby or something, if something was to happen to me, like, my parents would take care of the baby, not whoever, you know? Yeah, I mean, like. Or, like, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe in our case, maybe it would be, like, a godparent situation because I personally Neither one of us really has a lot of cousins and stuff like that that are our age that, you know, don't have a lot of kids already or like whatever else. Like I can think of like a I couple. Got a, I got I a can couple. think of a couple people, but not you know. I got a couple. What up, <laughs> Nick and Courtney? Y'all, y'all gonna y'all gonna take care of the shorty? You know what I'm saying? Like we got we got a couple. They around our age. You know what I'm saying? But true, uh, <laughs> true. But um, no, nah, like I, it was just I was kind of shocked with that. Like he he was more so concerned like yo. Who gonna take care of the baby? And that's how his mindset was when it came to picking a god. Like if something, yeah, a, a godparent. Where, but the other interesting part about this, because Brittany was so adamant about it being Sasha, uh, and this is something that I had been saying quite a few times when it came to her insistence on being around all these felons that Marcelino keeps talking about. Like she, they're felons, they ex cons, this and the other. You can't be around these people. Was that Brittany really doesn't have anybody else? And right. that was part of the reason why she was so insistent on going to see uh, Sasha, you know, during her court hearing, making sure that she had, you know, these girls around because that's all, that's really all she had. And he seems to be adamant about move, removing all of these people from her life. Yeah. I mean, I think also there may be some sense of like, he probably wants her to make other friends. Mm-hmm. Um, which, 
is e- as an adult, as a grown woman or whatever, it's probably it's easier said than done or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like kind of his sentiment is like, can you make some other friends? Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but I guess it all depends on the fact that, like, say, for instance, if she's in that relationship, it appears to be like she's a stay-at-home mom. She, um, I feel like they said something about, well, I don't know, I can't remember. I thought, like, I was under the impression that she was at home, like, pretty much trying to take care of the kids while he was out doing the poker thing. Oh. That was the impression that I got. Now, maybe, she, you know, I'm pretty sure she's not always saddled with <clears throat> kids, but I'm just saying, like, the... um. You know, the idea that, like, she can just kind of go out mingling and all these other things to go meet women and, hey, girl, how you doing? Let's go, like, to the casino and just, like, play blackjack or something, you know? Like, yeah. if that's not her thing, then that's really not her thing. It's, you know, it just seemed to me like, yo, he's, he's really been on this thing about separating her from everybody else. And so, also, during this time, um, they are having this discussion about trying to get Giovanni or some some form of formal custody of Giovanni because as it stands right now her her son's dad has a hundred percent custody of of the kid uh legally but since she's been home and since her and Marcelino have been married apparently Giovanni has been staying with them quite some time like quite a bit yeah um and y'all know she went to the lawyer they went to the lawyer to talk about trying to get custody or whatnot and in that meeting I remember uh, Marcelino talking about trying to get 100% custody of him. Um, and he decided against Britney's, <laughs> against Britney's like better suggestions to like uh, go and talk to Tito by himself. what did you think about that, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from jump, we kind of all knew like, yeah, this ain't going to go well. Yeah. Like you in trouble. <laughs> like this ain't go. Did I think they was going to let these niggas catch that fucking fade and they was going to show the shit? <laughs> I didn't think they was going to take it that far. Right, right. Did I think Marcelino was going to be in that bitch? Bink, bink, bink. <laughs> when niggas said fucking chokeholds? No, I did not. <laughs> but boy, was I surprised. Yeah, man. Like... To see after the damn commercial break. And they stood up in fucking boxing formation. Marcus Marcelino tagged him one good time. Uh-huh. Ha ha, Bobby the Weaver. Beep, beep, tagged him another time. <laughs> Got him on the ground. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> that was a good fight. I was, you know what? I was, I was kind of shocked. I mean, although we know Marcelino is a former Marine or whatever, so I'm sure they got some training in hand to hand combat and whatnot. But I was still kind of shocked that, like, for Tito to, like, kind of stand up and just be like, yo, so what you want to do, man? You know? Yeah, he he was mad. Like, but you, Marcelino is one of those people that like, what do they call that antagonist? Some yeah. He could I could see him being kind of like the antagonist. Like he will he will sit back and be very calm, and that if someone's already irate, that makes them even more irate. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of see like you do too. Oh, I mean, you know. <laughs> like he's kind of he's kind of like that, but like in this case. I mean, yeah. Dude, dude got up like what you want to do? Like he got up and then pleated ass, fucking two big dress pants. <laughs> and then first of all, Marcelino in there in fucking shorts, a polo shirt, and some New Balance, right? Like, okay, you could, you could fight. He took his glasses off. Like, okay, that's fine. You could fight that. 
the fucking what's the name his the baby daddy name Tito Tito in there and some goddamn tight ass t-shirt some loose ass dress slacks and some fucking dress shoes everybody know you can't find a dress shoes so check this out I got a theory about that I don't think Tito thought they would let the fight go help like happen I think Tito thought that they like the producers and shit was gonna step in before the like the, before the punches got thrown and Marcelino tagged him like <laughs> a couple times like, before the producers can really get in the middle. In any in any other, and I also think okay, what does it come on? This come on Wee TV. Yeah, Wee TV is kind of like a lower budget situation. Yeah, like this show, reality TV shows are already very cheap to make. If you don't know that, it's cheap to make because yeah, you pretty really much have cameraman thing. and a producer on scene or whatever. Maybe one or two producers and a sound person. So. When you watch like a show like Black Ink Crew, for example, mm-hmm. you see the cameraman, there's a producer, there's a sound person, but they also have security all around. Mm-hmm. So like when these people are supposed to be having a one-on-one conversation and then like Van and um Ryan get to fight and all of a sudden you see like eight security dudes like mm-hmm. rushing in. We TV ain't got no fucking security. Right, right. Because <laughs> it was just the fucking producer like, please stop. Please. <laughs> Please stop! <laughs> the fucking producer. <laughs> they couldn't have been me as a fucking producer because I don't like that policeman when them baseball niggas was fighting. That policeman was like, do 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 do. Like, <laughs> I also think Tito underestimated Marcelino because Marcel the way Marcelino acts, yeah, is very like he pronounces all the syllables in his words a lot like, of times. He, like he- Entity. He's, he wears glasses. Yeah. He's very like um straight laced. Yeah, but also I think with I think Marcelino also comes off a bit cocky too. Like um Marcelino is like one of those people like he's standoffish really. Like yeah. like when he meets people, like even the first time when he met Tito mm-hmm. um last season, when he met Tito when they first he first got a chance to meet Giovanni and everything else, like this is why I, I thought it was odd how people were like kind of coming at Tito in a way. Cause like when I was talking about this on Twitter, people were talking about, man, you need to look Tito up. Cause Tito got all these abuse, uh, uh, these abuse, char- uh, uh, arrest on him, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, shit, was he a charge with abusing his kid? Like y'all talking about this other shit, like hell him and Brittany were both in trouble, but from the looks of it, the way they're presented it on the show, like, yo, while she was locked up, Tito had the kid. He was taking care of the kid. And, now he's giving the kid an opportunity to, you know, spend time with his mama. I mean, I think you can look at it a multitude of different ways. Like, for me, I'm looking at it like, um, a lot, what a lot of people are, are in this situation where one person might have like a hundred percent custody, but the other parent is just letting them, you know, yeah. be with the kid and like letting them spend time with the kid and stuff like that. Because if you have a hundred percent custody, you ain't got to do shit. Right. You ain't got to do shit, but take care of that kid. You don't got to let that kid see the other parent or anything like that. Right. So what it kind of seems like is that Brittany, what any sensible person would do is like, Brittany got out of jail. She got a man. She got another baby. She's on her feet. She She's stable. So he's allowing the, the boy to be over there. Right. They just hadn't really gotten yet to addressing the situation because right. everything, I think if Brittany was with somebody else 
or somebody who wasn't so like domineering and like gotta be in control as Marcelino I think the situation probably would just be fine she probably would approach him like hey like let's do like the 50 50 mm-hmm. like let's set up this or whatever so like we both can parent or whatever else like and then things would have been fine right but Marcelino like bum rushed him like they got one 100 percent custody yeah and that's that's where like um I just I, I just thought like for one, and I, I think I'm not alone in this. Like, yo, Marcelino was just like 100% dead ass wrong going to that man's house to talk to him about custody of a child that, like, it ain't even Marcelino's kid. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to come over to this man's house to tell him you want to take his kid away from him. Don't even have the kid's mom there with you to have this conversation. And it's their kid. It's not yours. You like the third wheel in this particular situation. So for you to come in and be like, yo, um... I want to take the kid, man. Um, yeah. He needs yeah. to be with us. And I also, I also, it's just very interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Like, I feel like Marcelino is trying to lead, is is alluding to the fact that Tito is not involved at all. Mm-hmm. Or that Tito, like, there's no child support. There's no anything. But Tito don't have to pay child support because right. he has 100% he has custody. custody. So... I think Marcelino is trying to allude to the fact that Tito is some kind of deadbeat. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the disconnect comes. Yeah. Because Tito, while he may have charges, he may have whatever else, it didn't come across to me as if, like, he was just being some some sort of deadbeat. Right. Like, he had the child for all this time when Brittany was in trouble and she was locked up or whatever else. I think him letting the child be with his mother Mm -hmm. is, like, you know... He's doing her a service. Right. Whether or not, like, now is it strange to me that he's not, like, trying to get the trying to get him on the weekends or, like, they're not splitting the time? Like, to me, that's just, like, the common sense thing to do. Like, right. if both parents are going to be involved, like, split the time evenly or as, like, the schedule allows for the child, especially right. if there's no, like, beef or animosity or whatever. And without Marcelino, it don't really seem like Brittany and Tito had too much beef. Yeah, like, Brittany... Although, when they went to go see the lawyer and everything, like, she kind of had some, you know, some concerns about whether or not Tito would, like, be using the kid against her. Like, using Giovanni against her. Like, she feels like if she made Tito upset about anything, that he could just basically just take, you know, Giovanni away and use, you know, Giovanni as, like, a weapon to kind of control her, so to speak. Um, But the other thing about it was that, like... um, Marcelino made it a point to keep saying like, yo, we've had him for a year. And he was like, man, you ain't had my son for no motherfucking year, man. Like he ain't been with y'all that long. And again, the whole thing of like, yo, I've been in this kid's life. You know what I'm saying? We raising them together, this, that, and the other. We should have a hundred percent custody. And it might've been eight, nine, maybe 10 months or something mm-hmm. like that. And you feel like you just go over to this man's house and tell him you want to take his son away from him. Like low key, I kind of wanted Tito to win that fight. But Tito didn't win that fight, man. Tito got his yeah, ass Yeah, Tito got fucking... Tito got lumped up. Tito got his ass <laughs> whooped, man. Like I said, I don't think Tito was really ready for the fade. You know what I'm saying? I think he I think he puffed up, figuring there was enough people in there to stop some shit if it, if it went yeah, down. Yeah, but the producer was like... But but you got you got binked up like four or five good times. He tagged you four or five good times, and then he put you in that headlock, man. He had you down on the floor, put you in the headlock. Man, you got your ass whooped in your own house, bro. Like, that's... This is bad look, man. This is bad. Look. I mean, I guess I look at it kind of because there's someone in my immediate family who is kind of not in the 
it kind of a situation where they're taking care of three kids that mm-hmm. are not theirs. Mm-hmm. And there is a father that's able-bodied and, and there and whatever else and could have access but doesn't. Mm-hmm. But the person that's my family member doesn't have any legal, you know, rights to these kids. Although right. his income, he lives in a house with them. His income goes to their whatever they need. Mm-hmm. Everything that they do, whether it's trips, vacations, school clothes, everything else like that, he's paying for it. Mm-hmm. Li- you know, living with the kids and their mom or whatever else. But he don't have any rights to this, to the children. Mm-hmm. And I could see how, like, Marcelino would feel. Like, I could see how that would feel. Like, especially, like, in this economy. Like, if... And kids are expensive. Yeah. And then, like, getting... Up, like, if if you're the type of person that if you have a job where you work in the evening or night, you, you wouldn't have to get up. But you got to get up early to take this child somewhere to daycare or to school or whatever else. And, like, you doing that shit... Not it's not even your child, like you just doing that shit out of like this is your stepchild or whatever, like you just care for them or whatever. Right. Like I could see how you would have some feelings about that. Like you would want to have some kind of like some more rights and some more you would wanna, you know, have some say over the situation. So I could kind of see why Marcelino like at the end of the day, no, he doesn't it's not his biological child or whatever, but he's like it or not, he's in that child's life and he's providing for that child. Yeah. So he should have some kind of say or some kind of not necessarily rights, but he just should have some kind of say or some kind of I could see why he has feelings about the situation. Yeah, I can I can I could definitely understand that. I just think that like for is is how can I put this <clears throat> as straight laced and process, like doing things the right way, the way like, like Marcelino has his idea in his head. Like you're supposed to do these things a certain way, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Like for him not to understand that in this particular instance is kind of odd. Um, you know, cause it's like, yo, you already talked to Brittany and Brittany was like, yo, this is how we going to handle this. Brittany was like, no. Yeah. Don't go talk to him. <laughs> I will talk to him. I know how to talk to him. I know him better than you. I know how to play these angles. And he just said, nah, fuck that. I'm going to do what I want to do and go talk to this dude and basically handle that conversation the entire wrong way. And now you put maybe the idea or the chances of. Brittany getting some level of custody of her kid in yeah, jeopardy because you, you went over there to antagonize that kid's dad. Yeah, now he's like ruined it. And I think, but also the thing about it is, is like, when Marcelino was like, look, he stood up on me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's right. Yeah. But, because if they would have went before up, that, yo, if they you, but the thing is like, although Marcelino is like kind of, gruff i guess you could say or like mm-hmm. whatever like the way he speaks he doesn't he just isn't like doesn't speak nicely to people he mm-hmm. just kind of says it <laughs> or mm-hmm. whatever it was just if they would have said i could think if they could have sat down and had a constructive conversation then like it would have been cool but it just shit just started just going haywire yeah, it's, it's all it just it escalated so quickly like nuance is not marcelino's motherfucker no he is not the type of person that could be like hey man like you know like i really love your son and you know thanks for letting us could we work something out to where you know we got an equitable situation custody wise or whatever you know where yeah you know like that's the way to kind of handle it but to say yo 
I want 100%. We should have 100% custody of uh, Giovanni. Yeah, it was just like, too much. Like, nigga, what? It was team too much. And then Brittany <laughs> asked, let me tell you. Because I, you know, I love you some Brittany. Yeah. That is a big bitch. <laughs> Goddamn bitch. <laughs> That's a big bitch. She done did some hard time. Uh-huh. Listen, Brittany came out that house in those sweatpants like, you think this is a fucking game? <laughs> <laughs> she was hot because she told this nigga, like, don't take your ass over there. She sure did. Leave that man alone. Let me handle this. After if 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 me talking to him doesn't bring any sense or levity to this situation, where we can have something equitable when it comes to uh you know custody of Giovanni, then we'll take matters a step further. But for him to just go over there and talking crazy to that man in that man's house, talking about taking his son away from him, yeah, man, Marcelino was dead ass wrong on that one, and he found you know I mean, yeah, I, I mean I fucked up, but. You know. He did fuck up, and I think, I think although Marcelino won that fight, I think he, he is gonna realize he he has lost the battle. He lost the motherfucking battle. He fucked it up. So yeah, that's Marcelino and Brittany from the last couple episodes, pretty much. Um, I kind of want to talk about Lamar and Andrea a little bit. Okay. Um, so she don't fuck with his people, <laughs> pretty much. Um. She went over to, they went over to his brother's house or whatever. Uh, Cause you know, he just kind of want to like be with his people. Like he like, Oh, yeah. I've been locked up for like 20 some odd years, man. I never really had an opportunity to be with my people or whatnot. I, I want to have a good time with them and enjoy them. And she's, you know, like, nah, I don't really fuck with them like that. You know, me being a Mormon woman, um, you know, they are going to test my integrity as a Mormon woman. They're going to be over there doing them drugs and smoking the wacky tobacco and, you know, yeah. I can't. I just can't be around that. And as soon as she walk in the house, buddy come to the door with the blunt in his hand, <laughs> fired up, and she like, I can't breathe. I can't she breathe. She was being extra dramatic. Extra. She's extra. really annoyed. I don't. She bothers me mm-hmm. in a way that most people on a TV show would never bother me. Mm-hmm. But she bothers me. Me too. So the way. Okay. It's gonna sound real harsh, but like, sis, you are up here with a full face of makeup on. You got leather leggings on. You got like, you, you got weave. Like, you're going in here as a black woman, but she takes on this like personification of like a white woman. It's like Mm -hmm. she looks at, and even if she, is not really she doesn't really ever like acknowledge like her blackness mm-hmm. um but she just like acts like so holier than thou like so much so that she's better mm-hmm. than these than other people and it i'm looking at her like you oh yeah like sis you not all that your leave out is terrible your weave look crunchy you always look greasy damn like the way that she, it's not even like she's one of those, like, like a uppity, you know, type of black person where they're like behave and speak and they're well educated and this and the other. Like, you're a regular ass black lady. Like, mm-hmm. you're a regular ass chick. Mm-hmm. So, for her to be acting like she's so much better than like everybody else, than all black people that she encounters, and then like 
putting the white people in Utah that she's friends with she and stuff. She puts them on the pedestal. She puts them on the highest fucking pedestal. Yeah. And it's like, to me, I don't care. Like, I have grew up around white people, black people, Indian people, Mexicans, like, whatever else. I had white friends, and I liked them the same as, like, my black friends. Mm-hmm. And I understand there's differences. You move different in different communities or whatever else like that. But to put white people on a pedestal simply because they're white. Mm-hmm. Because all the things that she values in these white people are things that they have because they're white. Mm-hmm. She values, like, their community and, and their um way of life. Yeah, they have a peaceful community because they have fucking money. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not in the hood struggling. They don't have to deal with, like, having you know, food stamps and this, that, and the other. And they don't have to, they don't have to live in the hood. They have money because they're white. Like, she is so invested in this, like, I don't know, I don't even think it's, it's she's invested in being a Mormon very much because she just recently started to really be talking about oh, the spirit can't, the, the the Holy Spirit can't dwell in a place like this and whatever else. She just recently started talking about that. Mm-hmm. Everything else that she's complaining about and that she's been complaining about is complaining about blackness. Mm-hmm. She's complaining about urban areas. She has this, like, socioeconomic, like, standard and this, like, she looks down her nose at all these people, but, like, when she was living in Utah, she was driving, like, a raggedy-ass car and she lived in a fucking apartment. So, like... Now you, she herself still has a raggedy ass car. She's living in a fucking apartment. It's just in California. And now you're surrounded by black people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I'm just so much better than them. I, I, my integrity. And then like you go over to somebody's house and they smoking weed. It ain't like she went to the fucking trap. Like right. she went to a regular suburban well, she, ass. She, she low key called his brother's house the weed she house. She called his she house like, the weed house. He but was like, she like, before, you gonna take me to a weed house? He's like, motherfucker, that's my brother's house. What but the fucking tea is before they went in, she was like, oh, I like this neighborhood. I like it over here. Like it was a nice suburban fucking neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like in California, like that, that shit ain't cheap, especially in California. Yeah. So, obviously, y'all can't afford to live in this fucking neighborhood. So, obviously, uh, the brother, whomever, got more money than them. But you gonna sit there and turn your nose up and call their house the fucking weed house and this, that, and the other. And it's like, Lord, like, I thought I was bougie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if you, the thing is, like, I'm bougie. Uh-huh. But if you give me a warning, I just don't like to be surprised. Uh-huh. So if you give me a warning, like if you we go go over to my house, you'd be like, "Look, <laughs> it's a little hood over here, you know what I'm saying? But it's cool. You safe." Mm-hmm. Or you tell me like, "Look, if you got to go to the bathroom, just go before we get there." All right, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just don't take me blindly into some bullshit. Right, Andrea? Like you can't even like. She can't, and then just to be so fucking rude to them. Yeah, as soon as she walked in, like, I can't breathe. I told you they was going to be doing this life. She is very, and also she's very literal. She takes, <coughs> she takes, even the smallest thing she makes it about her, she takes it personal. Mm-hmm. Like, they fucking arguing, and uh, Lamar turn, turn around to, like, grab something or to pick something up that he dropped and she and you gonna turn your back on me and i'm your like sis (laughs) sis my man's like he just turned around to like you know say get out get out from around the car yeah like very like i knew they was gonna be they was over there minding they fucking business they They was was gonna smoke whether you came over or not they was having it like see that's the thing it's almost as like 
that's a card party more often than not. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to somebody's house, they might have weed going, they might have some Hennessy or some Ciroc or whatever else, they might have some beer going on, and they go in there, they're going to play cards, they're going to talk shit, they're going to enjoy each other, and they're going to take their asses home. And that seemed to kind of like, that seemed like that might have been the kind of atmosphere that was going on there, but because she walked in the door with the extra, and now everybody's like, man, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? And now his brother is coming outside, apologizing to her, like, all right, sis. All right, like, sis. Like, let it air I'm, out. We I'm, just going to just go ahead and put it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, y'all ain't got to stay. leave. And now, because she wants to leave, now it puts Lamar in a situation like, so you just going to let your wife leave, man? Like, you, Or you going to go with her? And so now it's like, well, shit, if she going or not, that means I'm leaving too. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to leave his, you know, let his wife just leave and he just stay there. So now that leads into the argument in the car. And he's just like, yo, man, like, they're my people. Like, that's, you know, that's my family, this, that, and the other. And she just seems like, in, like in, in a weird, strange way, much like Marcelino, trying to separate that dude from, you know, what he knows and who he, you know, who he was. Yeah. And, um, and I also, the way, the way that he be, he was, he was so shocked about mm. her behavior and he was so like, oh my God, like, why are you acting like he was stressed out yeah. by her behavior? Leads me to believe that off camera, she not like she that. not like that. Mm-hmm. Because and also like, there's just something something is amiss because she even said to him like the reason you like me is because I didn't go out and like I didn't party and stuff like that and like yeah that's a, that may be the reason but he didn't know you was gonna be a stuck up ass bitch about it like he didn't know you, like you couldn't just fucking like go and be cool he also didn't like. I can see, and I can also see if it's like, those are just his platonic friends. Yeah. And then you go over there and you're like, F- I'm not fucking with this. I don't want to do it. But like, that's his brother. Like, those are his, that's his relatives, his right. blood family. Like, you just got to like, you may not like it, but you got to sit there and, and suck the shit up. The only reason why I think that it might not necessarily be um, her putting on is because her kids are like that too. Outside of the small one. Like yeah. her daughter and her son have this idea of like who Lamar is. Yeah. And then the way that they talk about blackness mm-hmm. and how they talk about like, you know, how do you just accidentally this go to jail? Is ghetto. Yeah. Like, the, like <laughs> they never been to the soul food restaurant and everything else and how they were reacting to how he was telling them what happened and how he ended up back in jail and stuff. Like they were totally dismissive of all of that shit. And a lot of it had been rubbing me the wrong way with, how her daughter was talking about like, yo, I don't have faith in black men and all this other stuff. And she in the grocery store crying about this to her white friends in Utah. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that shit has just never really rubbed me right. I was just, I've been like, this is some bullshit. I've been real adamant about that. But then this turns into a talk, uh, a conversation about them going to Utah. Yeah. They end up, she's like, I, First of all, it was not even a fucking bargain because she was like, well, I went over there to the weed house. So now you got to go to Utah. Like, no, first of all, you walked in and walked out. <laughs> you ain't go fucking kick it over there. And you didn't make this man drop all the way to Utah and come really kick it with these people. Right. So it ain't no fucking bargain. Yeah. And then she talked about, I mean, <coughs> she did pick up. She did move to where he was and everything. Apparently he was originally supposed to parole in Utah and authorities wouldn't allow for him to do that or whatnot but he's home and he told her he was like basically like look man i was locked down for 20 years i came home to you and i'm in a marriage with a woman like a wife and i got three kids i've never had an opportunity to just kind of 
let loose or just like relax. And it, it doesn't even seem like he wants to do um anything really that bad. He wanna kick it with his family. That's like just... he wanted to he went out to eat. And the thing is, is like she is so conservative, so strict that him even going out to eat mm-hmm. to and ha- maybe even have a drink, but like go out to, like when he went out to eat a couple episodes ago, his family, like, they were sitting there with nachos and margaritas and shit. Like, it looked like a sports bar or something. That was, like, too much for her. Mm -hmm. She couldn't even fucking understand it. And I get being afraid because, like, when you're married to a black man, like, I'm afraid every time you leave, leave me. Every time you walk out the door, I'm afraid. But I'm not afraid because I think you're going to do something bad. I'm afraid because the world around you. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid because of the police officers and the racist white people and the motherfucking people and they goddamn, but they don't tread on me, uh, license plates and all that type of shit. Like, I'm afraid because of that. Andrea, she's afraid of what he's going to do, what the people around him are going to do, everything. Like, she don't want him to be around anybody. Mm -hmm. But the fact that... It's like, I could see, even if he tried to, what I really want to happen is I want him to try to take her to like a black church. Oh. <laughs> because then it's like, what excuse do you have? Yeah. These are church people. Yeah. And here you are. Like, what is, what judgment is she going to have on them? But it's like, if they're, if, not, Mormon. If they're not white, they ain't right yeah, in her fucking eyes. Now, <clears throat> so they get to Utah and like, she's got this, she's really plotting to try to get this dude to move to Utah. Like she didn't already like she they get there and they're having this party or whatever and yo they had a white lady in that motherfucker cooking chitlins, y'all. And listen, the one <laughs> other the other token black friend was like, I can eat that shit. <laughs> they had a white woman in there cooking chitlins, which one I thought was racist. <laughs> like, yo, hey, we going to have some black people over here. Maybe we should cook chitterlings. Well, I couldn't <laughs> I don't know because um, when you really think about also, this is something I've been like hot. Like I watched, um, oh God, not John and K plus eight. I don't know the, the Brown, the Brown family. I watched a lot of documentaries on like Mormons and polygamists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their um, way of life and their things that they do and their rituals and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff is like kind of old school mm-hmm. and like similar to like old Southern ways and yeah. southern stuff like that so i couldn't figure out whether it was like something because a lot of mormons and stuff like that um and they were poor mm-hmm. and chitlins was kind of like poor people food or whatever it was like scraps you eat the whole entire animal right so i couldn't figure out if it was something like that like that was like a traditional type situation or they really was like it's black people coming over like yeah, you know let's like let's make a little feel at the, home that's not the thing like if they was just gonna do it they should have just did it and have fried chicken and watermelon sitting there now, the other part i thought was when i heard that like first i was like nah that's racist as shit man they over here gonna they gonna cook chitlins because this black man coming to visit then i was like but what if she could really fuck with them chitlins, though? What if she could really cook them bitches and they taste good? It ain't hard to cook chitlins. I mean, I don't eat chitlins no more. So I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I, I haven't had chitlins I in, have in not quite either. some time. I have not either. It's not something that appeals to, to me at this point in my life. Nah, I... <laughs> um, That's not my ministry. But it's not a hard meal to cook. It's not a hard thing to cook. Yeah. So... I mean, you know, but if white people notoriously do not season things. Yeah. And chitlins is something you have to really, you have to season it. Yeah, you got to be comfortable with seasoning. If you could deal with the smell of chitlins in that house, man, like. Well. 
Yeah, like that that whole thing. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> for real. So like, Andrea then told these people like, "Yo, I didn't already call my old job to see if I can come back to work." Uh, I'm already looking for places to live while we here. I'm just trying to get Lamar. I'm trying to convince Lamar to move back here. And all the while, Lamar is outside, like with these other, with these Mormon dudes with fishing. Fucking and Mormon firecrash over there. Talk about, <laughs> <laughs> well, would you think about being a Mormon? Man, they trying to convert this dude. Man, they like, hey, man. So you know, really, like in our church though, like in order for you to be like with your wife or whatever, you're supposed to be Mormon. You know what I'm saying? We didn't kind of yeah. like let her break the rules a little bit to kind of fuck with you. But if you're going to really have this holy matrimony thing popping with a Mormon woman, you need to be a Mormon I mean, at the end of the day, I really think that they don't really give a fuck what she does because she's black. There's that too. They're accepting her because they want more people to be in their faith. And like, that's one of their thing is like, um, what is it called? Evangelizing Mm -hmm. when you go, you want other people to join your faith. So, um, that's one of their big tenets of their, uh, their religion and their faith is to evangelize and to get other people to join their faith. Yeah. So they're going to do it in any which way that they can. But yeah. at the end of the day, I don't think they really give a fuck what she does. She's black. Yeah. I mean, and that is a religion that up until like the 1970s thought that having black skin was a curse from God. So, um, the fact that she goes so hard for them, um, or the fact that she like, like, again, like kind of puts, white people or Mormons up on this pedestal and just kind of looks down upon anything, especially anything that, that has anything to do with black culture mm-hmm. or black urban culture. Um, black culture, just black. Well, yeah, but I mean, mostly ghetto, like lower economic, socioeconomic class. Like she's, she's cause she's got a black friend. It's just that that one black friend that she seems to have is also a Mormon also living there in that, you know, that community with Yeah, her. but her black friend also keeps it fucking real. Yeah. Because, like, when uh, Le- Lamar and the fucking... That's the person the black friend was like, I ain't eating that. They was like... <laughs> he was like, well, who cooked this? Stephanie. <laughs> she thinks she can cook, but she can't. But you <laughs> like, know what, though? I think she was also friend, the one that, like, dropped dime on the fact that Andrea was uh, trying to get that nigga to stay. Yes! Like, trying to get him to stay there. The, fu- the thing about it is, is, like, the, the black friend... You know what I'm saying? How, she don't come across as like the type of black... She It's like she remembers that she's black. She understands that she's black, mm-hmm. but she has chosen to be a part of this faith. Andrea is trying to reject her blackness and thinks that the Mormon Mormonism or whatever... Mormonism? <laughs> she thinks that that trumps her being black. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. No. You're black. And they will remind you. The you, minute you, you step can't out get, of line. And the thing is, it ain't like she's like, like black, like she's passing. No, she's blackity black. She's black. Sis is black. Okay. Mm-hmm. The leave out is telling us you're black. <laughs> Your big body is telling us you're black, sis. Your kids are black. They blackity black. Black. Okay. Okay. Just B-L-A-C-K. Black. Mm-hmm. So... I don't understand why she's like trying to pretend like she's not like there's no pretending. Mm. I just oh gosh, she bothers me. She bothers she she doesn't sit well in my spirit. Oh, she bothers me. Yeah, Andrea, I t- I put it on Twitter like I told that nigga to run, and I think he he laughed at that. If that's the real Lamar on fucking Twitter that has been retweeting shit, yeah, like he laughed. He dead ass laughed at that because. Shit. I really think I think for one because she's also been on other reality TV shows and she did not behave how she's behaving now 
And I think behind closed doors, she doesn't behave like that. Mm. I think that she wants to seem like of a higher social stature on TV and stuff. So she's behaving like this. But um, uh, I think behind closed doors, she's a little bit more lax and she doesn't behave like that. Because first of all, don't be out here talking about, oh, you would want me to my values and I teach Sunday school and this and the other. But last season, when they got out of jail, y'all was in the car wash fucking. So, sis. Yeah, it was only so much they could have did in that car wash. I doubt they was in there fucking. But they I, was doing I, something I, ungodly. I, I, I the Holy Spirit wasn't dwelling in that vehicle. I take your point. I take your point. <laughs> Amen on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, that's enough for Lamar and Andrea because that one got paid. <laughs> Animated like a motherfucker over there, boy. Um, who else do we got? We got uh Clint and uh Tracy. <laughs> Clint and Tracy, man. Um, so Tracy is finally on. She's off parole. She's a free. She free as a bird. You know what I'm saying? She can go out and travel and do what she want to do. No more rules, supposedly. And um, they decided that they was gonna like take a trip to Las Vegas. Now. Clint has this one thing hanging over his head, though. He's feeling really bad because apparently Clint been uh Clint got himself a groupie, y'all. <laughs> Clint got himself a groupie, and that's that. Just the the adage is that there's somebody for everybody. Um, rings true in this one, but I didn't know that there was a groupie for everybody that would. <laughs> that Listen, would we ring talked true about either. this before, and I was telling yeah. you like that people see. You know what though. This is a a way that I think that white people, especially white women, how white people keep their wealth in their community is that uh, white women notoriously will go for like an old ugly ass nigga because he got like three farms, a plantation, a bunch of horses. He got the good slaves. They gonna go for old ugly ass massa. And, 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 you know what I'm saying? Continue that family line. Become a part of that family. Uh Like, Shit, I mean, I know it's black women that, you know what I'm saying, we fuck with some ugly-ass niggas, but, like, white women are notorious, and, and be, especially back to, like, look at fucking Game of Thrones or fucking Cersei with the old-ass fucking Mad King, like. <laughs> the Mad King? Not the Mad, well, she, her, who, who was her, was it Robert? I don't know. But Cersei, uh, husband was ugly as fuck. Come on, like, Euron Greyjoy? Yeah. Cersei's husband, who was the king that Jamie killed. Oh, Baratheon. Yeah, yeah. Robert Baratheon. Yeah. Nigga was fat and ugly as fucking old as shit. They wasn't fucking for real, man. But I'm just saying, I'm me. just saying, All of, she like, did that shit for her motherfucking she bloodline. Got, she got pregnant three goddamn times by her brother, and, her, and Robert was none the fucking she wise. Got, I'm, was, I'm just saying. He was too drunk fucking she let, she led that nigga to believe <laughs> that he was her fucking, you know what I'm saying? Robert she, them kids she took one, is, man. She took one for the team and set her bloodline up. For the motherfucking win. He knew no kids what he is, man. Ain't no way that man had all them damn raven fucking hairs on his head. He got all these fucking uh, brunette locks, and all three of them kids came out blind in the motherfucker, man. Well, he she like, was blind. Yeah, she was blind, and they daddy was blind. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, like, hey, man, don't none of these motherfuckers look like me, man? That's Something ain't right. Point. That's the <laughs> point. But I'm just saying, like, People, you know what I'm saying? Especially a country white woman, they looking at different shit. Like, all of a sudden, you got a motherfucking pickup truck and shit. And a Camaro that never leaves the, like, the front yard. You got ride. a fucking Camaro? Yeah. Like, his parents got a fucking business. They got a little butcher shop with a little cafe on it. Man, they got a nice little, his hey. parents got a nice little chunk of change to look like. But, um, like, so, as a celebration for her getting off her parole and everything, um, they go to Las Vegas. 
And Clint didn't think it was a good idea to tell his parents that he would be going to Las Vegas with her, especially considering, you know, the last time that they went any damn where. Yeah. She like left his ass at the hotel and he was calling his mama talking about she was on motherfucking crack. Um, And also Clint was just like in a fucked up mood. Yeah, he was in a fucked up mood because he had a secret. Well, yeah, but like, gosh. And he was feeling guilty. Like, he had this, it was the guilt of, yo, he been talking to this other lady on the phone, like, you know, talking, like, maybe sexting. Sexting. He was sexting and everything. And it, this is the, I, I thought this is kind of funny because I, I watched Love and Hip Hop too. And, like, there was a scene in Love and Hip Hop where, like, um, Kurt was, you know, he's got the separate baby mama and he wasn't supposed to be talking to her directly. He's supposed to have intermediaries with her mama and sister or whatever else. Yeah. And he hadn't told Rashida that he had been communicating with this baby mama. Oh, then she takes the phone. She takes the phone while they out on this trip and take a picture to take a picture. And that's how she finds out that the, uh, the other baby mama had like, he had communications with her directly and everything else. And I was like, man, Oh look, they about to take a selfie and I'll be damned that this woman is texting him as soon as they're like, like, Oh, that's all right. That's all right. But, um, so she finds out, she's like, who are you sexting? And one of the things I thought was like, this whole scene, which is chaotic as fuck. It was. It was chaotic, they're man. Fucking, they're like running. They're, they're fucking getting the elevator alone, but they're still mic'd up. So they're like fucking yelling, but it's muffled. The cameraman is like outside. And then they're like running down the hallway. She got these boots on. She's trying to, he running in front of her. She's trying to kick the suitcase. He rolling it. They get in the fucking room. It's like fucking ready to rumble. Her motherfucking hair is everywhere. His fucking shirts everywhere. Like it's just, they're fucking all over the place. Yeah, man. Man, that that whole damn scene, like, and it was it, well before that though. Like again, he was in that funky ass mood. She wanted to take pictures and stuff, for, you know, in front of the Las Vegas sign or whatever. And she, he was like, "I'm just fucking." Miserable. She's like, "Oh yeah, thanks, you know, for letting me know that you're just miserable being with me." And everything. thanks a lot. That feels great. You yeah, know what I'm saying. And then for her to see that, like, God damn, man, for real, you was gonna really like kind of step out on me like that. And um, like they really didn't like. Did they? I mean, they did have the blow up, like. She did go in the bathroom she with went, his phone. First of all, then like to... she she was fucking in that bathroom. I'm going to the fucking bathroom and you fucking leave me alone. And she like slams the door. He kicking the damn door. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. He didn't knock the hole. In, I think he knocked the hole in the door. Yeah, he yeah, like he, the he the kicked door. the door. Yeah, man. Like it was it was wild. There goes and that fucking security deposit. Man, you ain't getting none of that money back. Well, maybe we TV covered the cost of that. I mean. Well, maybe not. It's WeTV. But, uh, but yeah. Um, so they had, this, like, you know, the big blow up and everything. And she said she would have felt better, though. Because I, I, I would assume that she read all of the text. And she, like, they had a little calm moment where they were talking about it. And she said, I would have just felt, I actually would have felt better if you had to really fuck this woman. And he was like, man, you got a weird way of like, you got a weird way of rationalizing shit. She like, but she like, um, you know, uh, what was that about? And he was like, man, I was, I was, I was mad at you. This is like around the time she had like left him alone and everything. He like, I was mad. And you know, that's kind of how that happened. Like I was, I was upset with you. Yeah. And, um, you know, do you love me and everything? Like, yeah, I love you. And they made up or whatever. He wakes up the next morning. She's already gone, and there were like flashbacks of whether or not she had, you know, left yeah. his ass again for motherfucking crack. 
And but now she at the pool and shit, you know, chilling. But one of the things I thought was I was like, yo, this nigga got straight up out the bed and just put clothes on. He like, no, he got straight up out the bed with his shirt and his drawers <laughs> on. He found his pants somewhere around and just went down. And also, I'm like, man, that- did anyone else fucking peep that the fucking room was trashed? Like there's fucking glasses, <laughs> there's fucking beer bottles and shit. They clothes all flung around and shit like. I mean, considering how beefed out they was when they first got to the room, I could see it. I could see it. Like, it don't take long for them to fuck shit up, is what I'm saying. Listen, if we get to a hotel room and we beefed out, I could be my shit intact in case I got a motherfucking zoom the fuck on out of yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to have my shit all over the place. I'm trying to fucking storm out with my suitcase all goddamn unzipped and shit. No! You keep nah. your shit intact. Yeah, because you might have to leave. And in a hurry. But, uh... Yeah, apparently they, they made up, you know, they made up, though, the biggest part was the entire, like, her finding out that, you know, Clinton was texting some other woman, sexting some other woman, saying he loved her and everything, like, you gonna be my new goddess and all this other shit. Um, so, at this point, Tracy's like, yo, maybe we should call your mom, you know, tell her, you know, we're celebrating this and the third, and again, uh, Clint hadn't told his mama they was going, he felt like, you know, they had told him it was a bad idea, um... But they called her anyway. They FaceTimed her. And they said, hey, we got news. And his mom was like, please don't tell me y'all motherfuckers pregnant. <laughs> like, uh, please I don't, don't want to hear about no babies. Please don't tell me you motherfuckers got, y'all, y'all got a baby coming. Like, that's the last thing I need is for y'all to be having some crazy ass kid running around with you crazy motherfuckers. But they're like, no, you know, we, we just in Vegas, you know, and like celebrating the fact that, you know, she's, she's, you know, off parole and everything and she's like hey man okay i wish y'all the best y'all have a good time his mama just ain't bothered she just like his mama really ain't like she's just like kind of tuned out on the entire thing but uh that was pretty much it with like tracy and clint you know yeah um who else we got um oh yeah we got michael megan and sarah yeah yeah the love triangle and so uh Michael is pissed because one found out that Megan had kissed his homeboy. So he's, he feels betrayed. Yeah. He's upset about that. Sent her back home feeling miserable. And then he's also upset that Sarah is about to have his baby and he can't get to Sarah to watch the birth of his baby. Right. Um, and he went to his parole officer to see if he can go, and they told him, "Obviously, no." Like, n- like, no, nigga, you just got out. Like, no, nah, you got to stay at the crib. And he was contemplated just saying "fuck it" and going to you know New York or whatever anyway to go see the birth of his kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mama was just on his head, like, "Nigga, is you out your motherfucking mind? Like, yeah. what good is you going to like if you do that? You know, you're going right back to jail. So now you ain't going to be in none of the damn kids' lives again. Everything we done did to like kind of support you from up to this point, you just basically spitting in our face or whatnot. Let's sit your ass down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually he did or whatnot. But um, and then Sarah was also feeling kind of a way like, yo, she like, man, this is the second time I'm pregnant, about to have this man's kids, and he ain't here. And this is the first time she actually talked about getting a divorce um did that surprise you at all that she like at this point she's finally ready to do it because he had already broached the idea to her over uh facetime when she found out that megan was in uh was in michigan um 
No, it doesn't. It doesn't really surprise me. I just, it didn't surprise me. Well, the only reason I asked that is because when she's told her friend that she went to a lawyer to go seek, you know, uh, you know, advice about getting a divorce, like she's talked about it. Like she was scared that if she broached this topic with him, mm-hmm. that he would try to change her mind. And he had already asked, what do you want a divorce? Cause we ain't gotta be, you know what I'm saying? Like we could just co-parent or whatever else. If it, it seems to me like he was already kind of there like he wants to be a father, but he don't really, really want to be with her. Um, <coughs> it seems to me she Sarah really, really loves him. Mm. She really wants to be with him, and not even so much that, but more so she wants to be a wife, and she wants yeah, to she have really, uh wants that, that family. Like she wants to have like the two kids and like have her husband there and like whatever else. Um, but she really, really. She wants to be with him. Mm-hmm. But um, after all the shit that he's done, like, it didn't really surprise me that she um, wants to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. It, I just wasn't... I mean, it was like, okay, obviously, after all this shit, like, yeah. sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it, I guess nothing would really surprise me within that story because it wouldn't have surprised me if she would have been like, I'll wait for you, I'll take you back. Mm-hmm. Because... She wants what is probably, you know, for a lot of people, like she has two kids by him now. She still loves him, still is attracted, still obviously like wants to be with him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have surprised me if she was like, I'm just waiting for him to be able to come to New York. Like it just wouldn't have surprised me yeah. with her. And that's neither. And like, I, you know, we could say like she dumb and whatever else like this. But like at the end of the day, like I think we all know someone who's in been in a situation like a baby mama baby daddy situation where, like you know they're terrible for each other but like they have this like bond or connection or whatever and you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do which is what bo- like her friend <clears throat> emmy bothers me yeah you said that before she bothers me and i think it's because like i i am the friend that you could tell me pretty much anything about your man and I'm never going to tell you, like, you need to break up with him for show, for show. And I'm never going to, like, down talking him and, like, whatever else. Like, I'm the friend, like, you can vent to me and tell me anything that you want to tell me. And as long as, like, they're not putting your life in danger and they're not abusing you, I'm going to let you rock. You got to do what you want to do. But her friend is just vehemently, like, cut this nigga out. He don't even even deserve to be in the kid's life. Like, he don't even deserve, like, to do this, to do anything. Like, just... Break the whole family up. Fuck him. Like, whatever else. And it's like... Like, chill out. What Sarah needs is to... Like, I don't fuck with Sarah. I don't like the way she fucking moves. Like, all we've been... And I think lately all we've been seeing is white Sarah, especially the the most recent episode. I want to speak to a manager voice back. She She got that shit back. But, like, the fact that her friend is just, like, vehemently, like... He don't need to even be around. I don't even... It doesn't even matter that he doesn't even get to see his kid, his child be born, and he doesn't deserve it, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, he's he's done wrong and whatever else, but, like, chill out. Let Sarah make her own fucking decision. Mm-hmm. Realize that no matter what the fuck you say, Sarah gonna do what Sarah wants to do. And also mm-hmm. realize that there are children involved, and these two people love each other. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what fucked up shit that they do, these two people love each other. And I think her friend is just like, I would never, I would never be able to, I would never take that kind of treatment. I would never do this and I would never do that. And it's just like, 
See, the, the interesting thing about her friend is that I think, again, like when you, if you're, if you're a friend and, um, you have somebody, you have a friend that you love and care about a lot and they keep coming to you, telling you how this other person is constantly hurting them. Um, I think it, it, it could probably get to a point for some people where they just like, yo man, like this shit gotta stop. You know what I'm saying? Like either like shit or get off the pot. Like, cause I think it, it, at a certain point she may be getting tired of hearing about all the shit that Mike has been doing to her. Like she yeah. knows it. Like, yo, um, yeah. Like Mike, Mike, Mike has his other girlfriend. Mike is, went back to jail. Mike did this. Mike did that. And Sarah always comes to her to tell her like, yo, Mike did this. Mike did that. Mike did this. Mike did that. And she's like, okay, so Mike is doing all this shit to you. And now you're coming to me and you want me to pick up the pieces to help you feel better. And so she's like, yo, we probably need the exes Mike dude out so that I don't constantly have to lift you up all the time because of some shit that he did. And I think that's where a lot of her frustration is coming in where she's like, yo man, like you keep telling me about all this shit Mike is doing to you, but apparently it's not enough for you to leave this motherfucker alone. So as your friend, let me tell you, this might be what you need to do in order to get this sort of, so that you don't feel this way anymore. And I think that's pretty much where her friend is at with it. Like she seems like she's frustrated with the fact that she continues to deal with this dude even after all of this shit has happened. I mean, yeah, there's like, you could be frustrated, but Emmy is frustrated. And it's like, she's taking it like on, like Mike was her man and Mike did this shit to her. And I think that there's a, there's a thin line. There's a very, very thin line between like loving your friend and wanting the best for them. But also you have to meet people where they are and you have to also let people be, where they are like yes you may be frustrated but your frustration is not making your friend you being frustrated at Mm -hmm. the end of the day emmy being frustrated is not gonna make sarah jump Mm -hmm. and you have to be i think to me like you have to be the kind of friend that like at a certain point sarah probably is gonna stop coming to emmy and stop being friends with her and stop feeling comfortable coming to her because emmy's always gonna be Oh my God, just leave them, blah, 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 blah. But you have to be, I think you have to, especially with women, especially in this situation, you have to be the kind of friend that like, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy, I am here for you. Mm-hmm. I want you to grow in this situation. I want you to make your own decision. It's not my decision to make. Mm-hmm. So if I was Sarah's friend and I was like, and, and she was like, hey, can you FaceTime my pussy? So, uh... Mike can see the baby come out or whatever. I'd be like, all right, I'm not going to fucking stand there and be like, no, because he doesn't even fucking deserve it. Blah, 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 blah. I'm doing what the fuck you want me to do. As long as this nigga ain't fucking putting his hands on you and, you know, saying you're not in danger like that. Cool. I would do, I'm there for you. Mm-hmm. And if you ask me, what do I think about it? Sure. I'll tell you. But like, I just don't, I feel like Emmy is just too, being too pushy about the whole situation. I think she's just being protective of her friend. I just, I just kind of feel like she's just being protective of her friend. Like she's tired of this dude. Like, like there was that one point where, uh, like Sarah was really fucking upset with Mike. And I, I believe it was like the last season. I forget exactly what the scenario was, but she was there with Sarah and then Mike showed up and she was like, Yo, like watch, watch how this is going to play out. Like she has seen this shit before. Like she could call it out 
as soon as it happened, like, he, I think he gave her, like, a ring or some shit like that. This is after, like, he'd been in the hotel with, uh, with Megan the whole time. I think this is right after she found out that yeah. he had been with, uh, with Megan in Niagara Falls. And so, like, she's just, like, watching how he manipulated her in that way. She's, like, she's frustrated that her friend is stuck in that situation. And sometimes it'll come out, like, girl, just leave this, like. And you know what? I guess, I guess also... Anytime that there's like a white woman that is just like really shitting on a black dude, like I just always feel like, oh, I feel icky about it. You know what I, I'm saying? I, I, and I, I, I could see that. And this is the thing Michael is a fucked up human being. Like, he ain't shit. Mm-hmm. But like, I can say that. But Emmy, can I say that? <laughs> you know, like, there's mm-hmm. just like, it's like, there's just, it just feels icky. Like, that she's just so. Like, she just be shitting on us and, like, just talking about him. And, like, yeah, like, he ain't shit or whatever. But it's just, I don't know. It's just, like, a personal thing. Like, it just feels yeah, icky. I'm like, just like, yeah, I'm, I'm right there kind of with her, though. Like, yeah, this nigga ain't shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, like, if you say shit, I'm be like, uh, yeah. Like, but, like, with her, it's just like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. <laughs> like, calm down. Pump your brakes. Hold on there. You slide right, on. Like, I don't know. It's just something. You slide something. on thin ice yeah, there, buddy. I feel like probably like behind closed doors, like they be saying nigga and shit like that. Like I just, I don't know. You think they don't? I mean, I kind of. I do think. Th- I yeah, think I'm that just, they yeah, do. I'm just saying like that's, that's probably how they get down. But again, I think given the situation, I think that she's kind of like just trying to be a good, she's trying to be a good friend. She's doing the best she and, can. And like her friend is like really in a fucked up situation and she's just like just frustrated with that and i think it comes out in her being verbal like yo girl leave this motherfucker alone like for your own sanity leave this motherfucker alone that might be what's best for you now the other part about this triangle is that like megan has like um so he sends her a message and the first message he sends her after he done sent her ass back home mad because she done kissed her his homeboy was pictures of his new baby with his wife strange yeah very strange like super duper strange that's fucking odd man and then it's like she called oh he calls her right after that and like and she's looking at the picture like yeah that looked like mike you know and the baby she's cute yeah she's cute i mean like i don't like her mama but you know it's cute baby you know and she's just like yo my my boyfriend's wife just had another baby (laughs) you know just like and she was just resigned like this is the way like she just kind of like it was almost as if this is where i knew she like reached like peak side chick was like she was like yo my boyfriend's wife just had another baby and she kind of looked at this as like it was a uh a mere inconvenience that, yeah that he had just a another, bump in the road yeah like just oh so she had another baby like i, I kind of wish this wasn't our situation but you know i'm willing to make it work you know and i was just like man like we went she went from being a sympathetic figure to somebody who's like man what the fuck is wrong with you mm-hmm. and um like he called her or whatever and he was proud you know like her name rang <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, like, she's just like, so, all right, what you going to do? You trying to fix it with your wife? Like, what's happening? And he didn't really commit to anything, as he always does. I think, the thing that I think with, um, oh, Megan, I, <laughs> I think season one, she played, she came across as very naive. Very, like, sheltered, mm-hmm. hadn't really been through much, hadn't been out in the world much and whatever else. Mm-hmm. I think this season, the facade is coming down. We're learning that, like, she isn't just, like, the innocent little girl that we kind of, like, all thought that she was. Mm-hmm. And 
more and more it's coming across like oh so like you're complacent you're fine with being the side chick like you understand fully that he's married that this is all going on like you're you know you're going for it um but i don't i can't decide if i think she under she wants to be the side chick or like she's fine with being the side chick or is she just believing that he's that mike is going to leave sarah alone eh. because i think that this i think that it comes across like she is she kind of has hope that he's going to leave her leave sarah alone mm-hmm. she's believing like she's she's going for the okie doke like she believes that He's gonna leave her alone. He's just gonna take care of the kids, and like it's gonna be uh her and her. You know they're gonna be together, and like yeah. whatever else. Um, I, but I don't think it doesn't. She doesn't come across to me like this is what it is. I'm the side chick, and that's fine, and whatever else. It comes across to me very much so like she thinks that he is gonna you know leave Sarah alone and gonna be with me and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, and that what doesn't really um what doesn't really make a lot of sense with that is like yo so. Um, he always talks as though like the kids, like he uses those kids in in order to kind of get with Sarah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I got to go see my kids, you know what I'm saying? And there was even a clip. I don't know if it's like from a reunion or whatever else where they're sitting together and they asked, he said, if she want me to fuck her so I can, if she want me to fuck her so I can see my kids, I'm a fucker. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where he was at with it. And he said that to her. Now we don't know what her reaction was. Cause it was just like a, a teaser snippet of something. Yeah, we, and we don't know what even prompted the question or if that was something that really yeah. happened or we don't know what he was reacting to. And you know what that makes, it's kind of like, that's sad that that's like a lot of dudes. Like that's their reality mm. of like the mom is playing, is using the kids as kind of pawns. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to, if you want to see the kids, like come take me to Outback. Like <laughs> if you want to see the kids, like come Netflix with me and like, lay in the bed with me or you know like oh god it's sad yeah but to to a certain degree though like if he didn't want to do those things like i don't think like he married that woman and then also proposed to somebody else you know what i'm saying like he didn't have to marry that girl you know what i'm saying like he he chose to do that i think maybe as i don't even know what the fuck his reasoning was for marrying that girl i think because i think that i think I think he lo- I think he loves her. Um in a certain- love for I think in a in a weird way, like they have they have a connection. They've been together for a long time. She's been there for him in his jail time, like and they have whatever they have going on. And then I think like he said before, like when him he the re- the whole reason he got with Megan was because he and Sarah would fight. She would stress him out and <coughs> They would fight and he, so he would kind of like reach out to, you know, he would look for comfort and mm-hmm. friendship and like fun and whatever else. And that's kind of where Megan came into the picture because Megan didn't have the weight of like this history with him and having a kid with him. Mm-hmm. She was able to be, she was more fun. She was just into him yeah and she didn't have, doesn't have like that baggage and stuff of, of, of the past relationship. But now what he's learning is he'd have fucked it up so much that now Megan also is going to be a uh, stress to him because they're, creating this fucked up history and this fucked up relationship Mm -hmm. so he fucked himself up yeah he fucked himself (laughs) up now the other interesting thing was uh you know we we met 
uh, Megan's dad last season. He wasn't really a fan, you know. Once he found out, like she was talking to some nigga that was locked up or whatever, he was like, "Man, for real," you know what I'm saying? Like, I want better for my daughter, you know that kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, Megan decided that she was going to update her dad on what's been going on with her, and she told him, you know, like I went to go visit Mike. He just got back out of jail and everything, and yeah, he also got this other new baby, and uh, you know, and her, her daddy was just like, you know, your mama and your grandmama. They got good intuition. Like, <laughs> like, that was the shadiest shit. Man. I know her daddy just wanted to be like, you dummy. Like, it's like Charmaine daddy on uh, on Black Ink Chicago when he called that girl. He's like, man, like, I raised a goddamn fool. Just like, I raised was, a dummy. Like for real. He was he was highly disappointed. Like, so how the fuck he going to raise all these kids? Like, where he working at? You know what I'm saying? Like, he don't seem like a straight shooter. And he didn't got so worked up after all the stuff that she didn't told him. He like, I want to talk to this motherfucker. Call his ass right now. You know what I'm saying? And she calls him. And like, she calls him. <laughs> I would have been like, no, I, I'm just not doing it. <laughs> she like, no, Dad, you don't need to talk to me. But she I'm calls like, him. No, you stand over there and cut them peppers up and Man. do whatever you was gonna yeah, do. Because he was up there slicing and down. Like, are you lucky if this motherfucker don't cut his hand off? Mad as he was. But uh, he gets on FaceTime with Mike, and he was like, so, uh, yo, man, when was you going to tell my baby you had a wife? Like, why you ain't tell her? Like, why you ain't tell her? Why ain't you being a straight shooter? And, like, you know, Mike talking like, yeah, you know, man, that's that's between me and her. You know what I'm saying? You know, she done hurt me just like I done hurt her. He's like, motherfucker, how my daughter hurt you? You know, like that like that old protective pops, man. He was like, man, yeah, you know, she feel like she want to tell you that. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, she can go ahead and tell you, you know, but he's like, yeah, I don't like this motherfucker. Yeah, well, he fucking imitated how he talked. <laughs> Even fucking Megan was like, all right. Yeah, man. Pops was not having it. Um, but she said something to him because he was basically like, man, what are you doing? You know, and this is something that I think when you're not immersed in the situation, a lot of people don't necessarily understand. And she was like, yo, I love this dude. Yeah, he hurt me, but that doesn't mean the love for him goes away. And that's that is quite true. Yeah. That's quite true. And that's what I think that Emmy, Sarah's friend, doesn't understand. Is that, yeah, he may have hurt Sarah. He may have done all these things. But through all that, she has loved She has loved him. Mm-hmm. They have a connection. You know what I'm saying? They have two kids now together. Mm-hmm. Just because he has hurt her doesn't... You can't just turn it off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like... Something has to happen. Something chemically, whatever. Something has to happen. It has to, love will go away on its own or through whatever kind of therapy or work that you want to do to kind of dissect those feelings and like get that shit on out of there. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, he fucked up. Like he's cheated. He has a whole other girlfriend. He's did this that, and the other, but like, I can't just turn it off. Yeah. You know? Well, I think what happens is this. You get the, you get two different reactions from the surrounding people outside of the relationship. And one reaction is to, like, the Emmy way is just like, yo, girl, leave this motherfucker alone. Like, stop fucking with, like, you you better than this and everything else. And, like, they will continue to have that conversation with you. They will continue to try to coach you through that and tell you how you need to get away from that situation and everything else. Even though they're frustrated and they're tired of hearing about it, they will, they, they will continue to do that. And then you got the other side of it where you got folks who would be like, all right, man, when you get tired of that shit, holler at me about that later. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm tired of hearing about it. Until you decide you're going to make a move, I don't want to hear about that shit no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, I guess it's just how, you know, how you decide to maneuver as a friend 
uh, to somebody in a situation like that where you see them being mistreated and, you know, you just kind of frustrated with the whole thing. But I think that's everything. No, no, no. Did we get everybody? I think so. I think that's everybody. So we're going to get on up out of here. Um, I didn't tell y'all how to get in touch with us over here at the Baywatch Podcast, Let Your Boys Be Heard. But we will include those in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> they will be in the show notes. And we will talk to you guys again soon. But until next time, fam, peace. Bye.